0: You've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. All right. Okay, now we're talking. TalkZone.com You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life.
1: The art of uh, being able to take full responsibility for our lives and then use that as a tool to thrust us into a place where we're fulfilled and actually experiencing the better sides of life is really a challenge. And there's a lot of uh, spiritual teachers out there today that aren't encouraging you to take responsibility. Rather, they encourage you to uh, affirm and visualize and... You know, demand all kinds of directions for you that you might want to go rather than slowing down on all that, looking inside, embracing what's here on your platter right now, taking and putting your arms around that to figure out what your lessons are, embracing that and move on until that you've worked your place, yourself into a place where Fulfillment and joy are a natural byproduct of a good life lived. Well, that kind of a path and that kind of a teacher these days, they're just starting to emerge among the mire of all the teachers that promote that. You can have anything you want by just visualizing it. We're starting to leave that wave behind and let's take responsibility for ourselves on all levels. That wave is starting to take forefront. To did you want to say to that end, we have a guest today who has written a book <clears throat> called "Transforming Pain into Power." Indeed, I believe that a lot of thing, a lot of the reason people are trying to visualize other things in their life is because they don't like the pain and they're trying to make it go away. Except for, I think they're going about it in maybe not the most productive way.
0: And there's a lot of types of pain. There's, uh, uh. Pain of not having your attitude right or depression or uh, like a hopeless thing or fearful things, those are types of pain. So it's, you know, it's like my life is a painful experience instead of an enjoyable experience. How to change that?
1: So the book is Transforming Your Pain into Power Make the Most of Your Emotions by Doris Helge, PhD. How are you doing, Doris? I am well.
2: Thank you for asking me.
1: I like the quote on your book on page 151 when it says, when we are not accepting things as they are, we are in struggle, which seems to me like a lot of these folks that are out there that are trying to visualize and affirm things into their life instead of accept what is and find the perfection. Would you like to talk about that a little bit?
2: I'd love to, and I think we can stop creating unnecessary pain by accepting what exists. As you said, and as your service to humanity exhibits, the sooner we accept whatever exists, the quicker we move through it. I like to use a baby as a role model. A baby cries one minute, and then a baby laughs. It cries one minute, and then it laughs. And to me it's a wonderful role model of how we could be experiencing life because you'll notice that the baby learns and grows faster than most of us as adults. They don't judge experiences, they haven't yet learned how to, and uh, we're usually pretty envious when we look at their growth rate compared to ours.
0: So accepting is, is sort of like instead of judging or reacting or blaming. We get okay, like this is what's going on, we accept it, and then we work with that.
2: Right, and that's one thing that I have in common with the two of you. I think we need to totally trust that whatever is going on is absolutely perfect. It was created for us, custom designed just for us, so that we can move to a higher (laughs) place in our lives by experiencing what's in front of us.
1: You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions airing Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Doris Helge, who's written the book, Transforming Pain into Power. Boy, I couldn't agree with you more that um, the universe is uh, brilliant off the charts and The universe simply knows what you need now for whatever is the lesson today in your life. And when we can really, really, and I'll tell you sometimes it's hard to get that one, when we can really get it, then the next question is, okay, well, if this is really supposed to be here, then why? So, um,
0: you know, people, let's say, that are just really healthy and alive and vital. They might have uh, great um, ideals of life, great ambition uh, in life. And so if a person is just full of zeal for more and more in life, uh, is accepting and dealing with what's at hand the way or is it is it visualizing? What's the way to do when you're just full of I want more, I want to be more, I want to give more? How would you go about that, Dorothy?
2: I think one of the things you just said, that's okay. I think one of the things you just said is I want to give more. And so it's not just I want more. It's My intention is to be of service while I'm here. Mm -hmm. Uh, To pick up on something that Charmay said a moment ago, if something is happening that we don't like, and that happens, of course, all the time for all of us, and we don't judge it, the tendency still is to say something like, why? And why really slows us down. I see it as a ball and chain that we drag along with us to slow our growth down. Because if we'll instead ask an empowering question, what can I be learning out of this? We don't slow ourselves down because the part of us that has all the answers starts telling us, here's what is the reason and here's what you can do next to move into a new level of graduation but any time we ask ourselves why is this happening we just slow ourselves down
0: um I, I think i ask myself why all the time to find out why it happens so i can change my course you know like uh let's say uh I, I let's say i would be angry at something and if i ask myself why am I, why do i get angry and then i go oh yeah I, I go a little deeper and i see why then i change that
2: mm-hmm. so
0: I'm not sure I'm hearing you
1: quite right.
2: Okay. Well, maybe it's just a matter of semantics. Yeah. Because I think we're both saying self-awareness. Self-awareness is the key.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Okay. Personally, I like to focus on the most empowering question possible because when I ask myself, why did this happen, then my little mind starts going over time going, oh, because this is wrong and this is bad and this is the problem. I see. And and when I say, what can I learn from this, that's a very positive, empowering question. And then my mind goes, oh, well, I guess I could learn this. Yeah. So, again, I think it's just a matter of semantics, but we're all three saying self-awareness is the key.
1: You're right. What we're really looking for is what is the lesson embedded here? In any way you want to look at it, what is the lesson so that we can learn it to move on? Right. Isn't that what you're saying, Doris?
2: That's exactly what I'm saying, and once we have that self-awareness, we don't have to try to change anything. One of the messages in my book is stop trying to change anything, accept it for what it is, and allow it to change, because it will change on its own with self-awareness. Carl Jung said that many, many years ago, and I've always found that very, very useful, and my clients do, because... It's where we don't have to try anymore. There's something that happens in the brain literally. And when I do workshops, I show physically what happens in your brain. If you use the word try, your brain keeps trying. And then it tries some more and it tries some more. And it gets hung up on this little neural loop of I'm going to try, I'm going to try. And if we say, oh, this is what's going on, and we trust that it's already changing, and that's why we've been able to see it, then it shifts on its own. I know you both know this. Over 90% of everything is unconscious for us. And once we see anything, there's a process that's happening. And it's a good process.
1: See, now this is interesting because I've noticed that I've had parts of myself that I've needed to change and the part does not want to change. It doesn't want to give up what's going, you know, its way of behavior. So for me, what I've found is when that happens, I literally need to go to work with the one side of me who wants to be more enlightened to say to that other side, no, you are not going to run the game anymore. You're going to stop. And I find a battle ensues between the two parts because the part that I've had that's been running a, like a bad behavior doesn't want to stop. It, once I become aware of it, it doesn't go away. I have to, I have to take a stand with it. I think seeing
0: clearly, like you got some issue or whatever, you see it clearly as one level of shift. I've seen sometimes where the thing clears out right after that, and then on deep-seated things. Let's say like somebody smoking, I know it's bad, I know I shouldn't, they don't feel good about it, but they don't it doesn't change by being aware of that. They they have to they have to fight another battle. So seeing it clearly as one level of the battle or one level of uh the opening of transformation, but in some of the more difficult things we're entrenched in like Charme says, there ensues a battle against the hold that the ego has on us.
2: Okay, again, it's probably just semantics. I think let's take the addiction example. Okay. When we exchange something that feels really, really good for something that doesn't feel as good, like smoking feels good only because we developed it over time as a habit or drinking excessively. I'll just use those as two examples because you mentioned addiction. It's a method of hiding. And so if you look underneath it, there's a secondary gain. And the secondary gain is it allows me to hide from myself. It allows me not to see more about myself. It allows me to zone out. You could take the same thing for compulsive TV, watching compulsive sex, anything that's addictive. And so as you said, step one is seeing it. And from there, you have a positive intention, as Charmé said. You want to allow it to change. And you want to empower yourself to help it change by substituting something that does feel even better. And that will develop a new neural network in your brain, a whole new association of, of networks of what brings you joy. Overeating, just as one little example, because is this really going to bring me joy to have another plate? Right. You know, it's really not. It's really not even going to feel that good. And so you can hook up with your neurology and your brain by Simply saying to yourself, you know, is this a really good thing if I don't have this plate of food? It really is a good thing. And you can talk to yourself, this really is a good thing. And you'll start feeling good about it, and then you'll set in motion a new habit.
0: It, like it's a good thing not to have the next plate of food.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, again, it's it's setting in motion a substitute that feels really good.
0: You know, I believe that's a way to begin to introduce the... Um, introduce and, and work on getting in team with another direction instead of the habit of I always eat too much, eat too much, eat too much. You begin to introduce. Uh, it, it feels better this other way. I feel lighter. Uh, I don't need to do this. I'm not really that hungry. If I can just sort of sit and be centered and be okay, I don't really have to have that. And you introduce your way out of that you can sort of, like gradually turn and go out of that i think
2: Oh you're absolutely right in my opinion and i would say that you can fulfill that need another way and so i would talk out loud to myself and say i have this need for example i'm lonely for example yep. so i want to have this extra plate of food because i'm lonely or i'm bored with the work i'm doing at the computer Yep and i can say you know, this is a need. I can fulfill it another way. I can go out in nature and take a really brief walk, and I'll be more productive yep. at the computer when I get back. Redirect. Redirect. Exactly. And, okay, and, we know, need to take a
1: break. Thing. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Our guest today, Doris Helge, author of Transforming Pain into Power. We've got more when
2: we come back. Stay with us.